Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Remember the New York Yankees team that was considered a preseason World Series favorite with the Los Angeles Dodgers? Well, that team finally showed up in the month of August. New York Yankees now with a 10-game win streak. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and on your smart speaker by saying, play ESPN Radio. I'm Courtney Cronin. He's Joe Fortenbaugh sitting in for Greeny on this lovely Tuesday morning. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on Greeny appear via the Goodyear hotline. Want to join in the conversation? 888-STAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So if you blinked any point in the month of July, and you're now staring at this Yankees team being like, how the heck did that happen when this team was, what, three and a half games back in the wild card race at the trade deadline, and you're wondering, are they going to sell? Are they going to go all in? Brian Cashman saying, we suck right now. Things didn't look so good about six weeks ago for the New York Yankees, and now they're in a really different position. They beat the Atlanta Braves 5-1 on Monday night for their 10th straight wins. They're four back of the Tampa Bay Rays in the AL East and 21 games over 500. They hit the preseason win total, hitting the preseason win total of 96 is not out of the question anymore. Again, they were a preseason World Series favorites with the Los Angeles Dodgers. That team finally showed up. How did they do it? Here's Yankees manager Aaron Boone. What's been neat, nice about it is it's been the entire roster. You know, all 26 guys in there are playing important roles in this and having big hands and helping us win ball games. And that's that's a fun thing to be a part of. All right, Joe, is it time to bet the Yankees to win the World Series? Are you buying this? I'm not. I can understand the excitement around the Yankees right now, and I can understand anyone who would think that this team's primed to make a run when we get to the postseason, but let's take a look at what's happening right now. They're surging, and a lot of people are excited about the possibility of them making a deep run because of two things. One, they're playing exceptional baseball as of late, and two, everyone around them in competition with the Yankees is collapsing. Oakland and Boston have been terrible as of late. As a result, the Yankees haven't just gained ground on everybody, but they've looked great in the process. Compare that with what's happening in the National League West. The Dodgers have won 9 of 10. The Dodgers have been incredible, but they cannot get past the Giants, who have been stiff-arming them all season long, courtesy of the best record in baseball at 80-44. and So we're not talking about the Dodgers as much because they can't get past the Giants. We're talking about the Yanks because they're winning, much like the Dodgers. They're just not getting past anybody because the teams in front of them aren't collapsing like the Red Sox and the the Oakland Athletics have lately uh, as a result to put them in the wildcard position. So that's number one. Number two, look at who the Yankees are beating up on as a result of this current stretch. They're 27-9 and since the All-Star break. Now, you can only beat the teams that are put in front of you, but they just had a three-game series not too long ago against Minnesota where they hung 24 runs on the Twins. They had a three-game series against Baltimore where they hung 24 runs on the Orioles. And they had a three-game series against Kansas City where they hung 17 runs on on the Royals. Everyone's talking about the explosion offensively, but those three teams, Minnesota, Baltimore, and Kansas City, ranked 27th, 30th, and 26th in Major League Baseball in Team ERA. The Yankees should be beating up on these teams. If you want to give them credit for something, definitely give them credit for the 5-1 win over Atlanta last night because Atlanta is a good baseball team. But when we're talking about getting gassed up at the Yanks, making a deep run in the playoffs, look at who they've been beating as of late, 
Look at the fact that Oakland and Boston have been collapsing and understand that there's a lot more to this picture when it comes to predicting the future than a few wins against some really bad baseball teams. And the teams that are potentially in their way, the Rays, the Astros, the Chicago White Sox, they're good teams in the American League, but they're not unbeatable. We know that much, and they're pitching has been really, really good within this win streak. The Yankees have allowed two or fewer runs six times in this 10-game span. Here's where I think the liability is, though. The risk that you would take in betting the Yankees as World Series favorites is obviously if they're in that one-game elimination situation immediately to start the playoffs if they end up being a wild-card berth team. Also, right now, they're not a lock to get into the playoffs yet, but if they can get past that wild-card game or even past the Rays in the AL East. They're probably as good as anybody and in the driver's seat there. We we saw that over the last 10 games. That, to me, is a situation for this team that bodes really well in that hunt for October. Airlines, restaurants, and more have been ramping up their hiring. Who do they turn to? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job, and you can easily invite your top choices to apply. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's G-R-E-E-N-Y. Okay, so we're going to stick on baseball here because I am still not sure whether this is real or fake. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there was a couple recently at a minor league baseball game that had a breakup that was put on the Jumbotron. It was First Energy Stadium in Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, I think it's the the Reading Fightin' Phils. They're a double-A minor league double baseball. Double-A affiliate of the Phillies, Affiliate of the yeah. Phillies. So um, there was a – I saw the screenshot, and I just was, I was baffled by this. Um, there's a man named Tim. He apparently was not happy with his girlfriend, Alyssa. And the message on the Jumbotron said, Alyssa – This relationship is over in all caps and then hyphen Tim, just in case she forgot who was, um, you know, who who was sending her that message. Um, Have you seen this, Joe? Have you seen the the big thing that's gone viral? I have. And I'm I'm, I'm thinking to myself, on one hand, we live in a world now where we get more and more outrageous by the day trying to draw attention to ourselves so that we can get likes, retweets, followers, whatever it may be. And then on the other hand, I think back to a long time ago in my life, When I worked in minor league baseball for a summer and there is a lot of shtick when it comes to minor league baseball because you want to bring attention to the team, the organization, the games, the players, everything you can do to put butts in seats, right? A winning product isn't necessarily enough to get people to come to minor league baseball games. You need great promotions. You need great gimmicks. You need great attractions, great giveaways, all that stuff. And I look at this and the first thing that comes to my mind is... Was this a stunt in order to gain attention? Because we're talking about it right now on Mike Greenberg's radio show. And there are other people around the country who have gotten a kick out of this that are talking about it. So as a betting man, I'd be willing to wager a little bit that this is stick. But if it's not, incredible, incredible way to go about breaking up with someone. I, I think you bring up a good point with minor league baseball and the gimmicks. Like, you just can't trust that something isn't privy to a stunt or a prank in right. minor league baseball. But if this is indeed real, if Tim broke up with Alyssa because he's a cold-hearted SOB and had to put it on a billboard effectively at a minor league baseball game, then, wow. Um, I don't know what I like more, a stadium breakup or a stadium proposal. I'm actually like probably more of a cynic. I don't know. The stadium proposals have been done so many times. And yeah, the stadium breakup's me? got the originality factor there. You got to go with the breakup. 
Yeah, I think I like that one. I think that um, I want this to be real, even though I sound so cold-hearted in that. I want this to be real because I don't want it to be just another fake minor league baseball prank. But either way, well done. We're talking about it on national radio right now at 11 o'clock in the morning, about two months after this event had happened. So um, well done to Tim, if uh, that was indeed your idea to break up with Alyssa on a Jumbotron at a double-A affiliate <laughs> minor league baseball game. Goodness gracious. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and the ESPN app. Straight ahead, the circus around the Buffalo Bills continues, and it's not just what's going on with the NFL getting involved with a potential new stadium. We'll discuss that straight ahead here on Greeny, ESPN Radio, and ESPN Plus. The beginning of the season. Oh, man, I want to be in that moment. This is one of them things we say, man, I wish I had that right now. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is Mina Kimes, and I am ready. This is Jason Fitz. My beloved Raiders are ready. This is Freddie Coleman. The Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide. They are ready. Football is back, and it kicks off every morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, and continues all day right here on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny. The podcast. Thanks for joining us here on Greeny with you always on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN Plus, and Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Courtney Cronin. He's Joe Fortenbaugh. Greeny is out today. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on Greeny appear via the Goodyear hotline. A little bit of news this morning out of Buffalo. 
Wide receiver Cole Beasley, who is notably unvaccinated, and fellow receiver Gabriel Davis are going to miss the next five days of practice after being deemed close contacts of a team trainer who tested positive for COVID-19. A league source confirming to ESPN NFL Nation reporter Marcel Louis-Jacques, defensive tackle star Ludalele is also in quarantine. That's source telling ESPN's Adam Schefter. All three Bills players tested negative for the virus on Tuesday morning, but will miss practice anyways, according to the NFL's COVID-19 policy. The trainer is fully vaccinated, a source telling Schefter. So a situation that teams did not want to find themselves in this season, but know it is inevitable is happening in the preseason here in Buffalo. This has happened one other time earlier this preseason team that I cover, the Minnesota Vikings lost three fourths of their quarterback room a week into training camp after rookie quarterback Kellen Mond tested positive for COVID-19 quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins and Nate Stanley, both unvaccinated deemed close contact. So let's just get this part out of the way first. Anytime you hear close contact and I feel like NFL fans who are listening to us here on ESPN radio, Joe, no, by now, considering we've talked about this so often, close contacts, that means that you are unvaccinated. You're going to be seeing this, I think, a lot this season. Um, and for someone as outspoken about the vaccine as Cole Beasley has been, this is a worst-case scenario for the Buffalo Bills. Even though he did not test positive himself, you still are subjected to the five-day process of being able to, you know, having to quarantine, having to isolate before you're allowed back at practice. They're lucky this is happening during the preseason, but it's not something that you're immune to once the regular season happens. That's the frustrating part for a team that is so good that can build on so many of the things that they did last year in making a deep playoff push. If you're if you're if if you're Sean McDermott, if you're Brandon Bean, you're looking at this situation saying kind of throwing your hands up in the air at this point because it feels like this is inevitably going to happen again at some point this season. Control what you can control, right? If, if you're the coaching staff in Buffalo, if you're the front office in Buffalo, you understand that this is a very big opportunity you have in front of yourself this year, having gone to the AFC Championship game last year. Control what you can control. Understand that when it comes to someone like Cole Beasley or anyone else on the roster who doesn't want to get vaccinated, you cannot force the needle into their arm. But what you can do is worry about your depth. What you can do is worry about the individuals who are going to step into those roles should someone like Beasley or any other player be unavailable because of COVID protocols. That's what you can focus on. There's a reason the team went out and signed Emmanuel Sanders this offseason. They wanted to bolster the wide receiving unit. They have Stephon Diggs. They have a lot of opportunity. Cole Beasley has been very open and outspoken about where he stands. So be it. If you're Buffalo, like I said, you cannot force the needle into his arm, but you can focus on how you will replace Beasley if he is unavailable. And that's the only thing you can do right now to try to make sure this ship continues to head in the right direction. And by right direction, I mean another appearance in the AFC championship game. Teams are going to be dealing with this throughout the course of the season. The higher the vaccination rate, the lower the percentage that you're going to have key players miss big time games, big time spots that may jeopardize playoff positions. But understand the world for what it is and then figure out how to beat the system. That's how it has to be for these teams. We can all throw our hands up and argue what people should do, what they should not do, what their rights are, what their rights aren't. But ultimately, if you're trying to win, you have to take what you can control and control that and nothing else. I think the 
frustrating part here is just how outspoken Cole Beasley was in almost in an in-your-face type way earlier this offseason. The things, even in training camp when he gets up there and reads the statement and, you know, doubles down on his stance. And like you said, you can't force anyone to do what most of us would deem the right thing to do in this situation is. But the fact that it affects him when he's, you know, acting immune to everything, I think it should be a wake-up call. Do I think it will be? No, knowing what we're dealing with here. Any player that's not vaccinated at this point, you know, is not going to be. And here's the thing. Rosters get cut down to 53 one week from today, 4 p.m. Eastern deadline. If you're the Buffalo Bills and you're looking about looking at areas like where you're thin or where you think you could potentially be thin, you know, they call it in, in the personnel world, it's where you light, where you heavy. Even if you're heavy right now at receiver, maybe that's something that you have to consider as far as keeping guys on your practice squad because of some, you know, all of the um, the stipulations about play, uh you know, being able to keep guys on there. It's an expanded practice squad because of COVID-19, things like that. Maybe you do that because you anticipate knowing your numbers and only the teams will know exactly of who's vaccinated and who's not, um, that that might be an issue again this season. I think that that's something as an insurance policy for yourself of controlling what you can control. You can control where you think you might have an issue should this tend to pop up again this season. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Did you miss any of today's show? You can always find both hours posted daily as a podcast, available wherever you listen to your podcast. Real quick, um, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell was at a charity golf tournament on Monday, and he talked about keeping how the league wants to keep the Bills in Buffalo, but in a new stadium. Kind of feels like the long-term play here is that they want the fans or really the people of Buffalo to build the stadium uh, or excuse me, to pay for the stadium that's going to be built. What's your take on this? Do you feel like that you feel like the bills are going to end up paying for a stadium themselves? No, the, the fans are going to do it because look at the timing of all of this. You don't try to get a new stadium built when your team is two and 14 and in the dumpster, like we see with Jacksonville, you try to build a new stadium when the team is at its absolute peak, people are excited and willing to pay for it. That's what happened in San Francisco with the 49ers. The Niners brought in Jim Harbaugh. They started to pop a little bit. They were able to get the funding through, and then boom, stadium built, Harbaugh out the door, team goes back into the crapper. That's not exactly what the plan is. You don't want to tank right after you open the new stadium, but it's not a surprise at all that the second the Bills win their first playoff game since, what, the 90s? All of a sudden, they're looking for a new stadium. It's a smart political move, so now the chess match begins between the organization, the NFL, and the taxpayers. Straight ahead, has one QB been given the opportunity he needs to become QB1? We'll discuss next here on Greeny, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more – whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning? Noise-canceling headphones? Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie all lowercase go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash greenie greenie the podcast it's Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Courtney Cronin. He's Joe Fortenbaugh. Greeny is off today. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on Greeny appear via the Goodyear hotline. Let's tap in now with former NFL quarterback and current NBC Sports Boston NFL analyst, Matt Castle, who joins us courtesy of the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead, Goodyear more driven. Big story coming out on Monday out of Foxborough, Cam Newton subject to COVID-19 reentry protocols because he had a team-approved medical appointment away from the facility, but there was a misunderstanding, apparently, about the testing cadence that Cam had to be in in order to stay active within the NFL's COVID-19 protocols. So he's going to have to be away from the facility until Thursday this week and operating virtually. Matt, I just want to know, around the organization right now, is there a level of frustration with the situation that Cam has found himself in, whether it was a misunderstanding or not? There has to be because obviously there's got to be communication that takes place not only from the player but the organization and an understanding for what has to get done in order to keep yourself eligible, especially in the times that we live in with all the COVID protocols. So um, there's got to be a level of frustration, especially when you are you have your last full week of practice and preparation before you get into season. And it's a, a pivotal time not only for the offense to continue to grow, for Cam to build off that performance that he had in week two of the preseason and also – just to build that momentum with those starters as you get ready to get, like I said, into week one, and it's just around the corner. Matt, where's rookie Mac Jones at right now in terms of development? And essentially what I'm getting at is if the Patriots would need him to go in week one, do you think he's ready to take over an NFL offense, especially against a team like Miami to open the season? Right. I think that he's absolutely capable. I mean, we've watched him over these first two weeks, and you can see the maturation process, the growth, 
even from week one to week two, he's operating well at the line of scrimmage. He's getting in and out of the huddle. He's getting those guys set up. He's making his alerts, his checks. He's identifying the fronts and making protection calls, as you can see when he makes specific points or redirects points is what we like to say at the quarterback position. So he's done a great job, and he's throwing the ball well. He's throwing it accurately. He's throwing it efficiently. They're moving the ball. So they've got to feel good about where he's at. Then again, once real season starts, you know, that that's the one thing about preseason is when you watch these preseason games, you have to take it with a grain of salt because a lot of times the competition level and schematically speaking from a defensive standpoint, it's a lot more vanilla than what it's going to be when that team comes in and you play week one and you start to see all the scheme, the disguise and everything else that goes along with the pro style defense. So there's a lot to the growth still, but at the same time, Josh McDaniels has always done a, a great job of getting those guys prepared, including myself. When I stepped in and I had to go in for Brady um, in 2008, you know, it wasn't that we ran the entire offense, but we did things that I was good at and then was able to grow within the offense. And then eventually we were able to get to a place where we were, the playbook was wide open. Matt Castle, former NFL quarterback and NBC Sports analyst, joining us here on Greeny, courtesy of the Goodyear Hotline. When Bill Belichick talked about what would need to happen for anybody to effectively upend Cam Newton at the quarterback spot, he talked about the fact of, like, you know, the institutional knowledge that's there, that you have to play better than Cam. And I'm wondering, is three to four practices, however many that Mac Jones is going to get where he's number one, the number one, is that enough in your mind for the Patriots to see something to say, yeah, that's the guy that we're going to go with week one over Cam Newton in spite of the absence? I don't believe so. I think that they've pretty much made up their mind that Cam Newton's going to be their starter to start this season, and they're going to give him the opportunity to go out there and play again. Look, he, he's had a whole year of experience within the system, and that also speaks to the point of last year with the lack of weapons that they had at the wide receiver position and the tight end position in particular, and in this offseason, the moves that they made, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, to go out and get guys like Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Jacoby Myers has been there, and he's continuing to to, to develop and impress. And then you get guys like John New Smith and Hunter Henry at the tight end position. So the, the offensive dynamics have changed dramatically from what it was last year in terms of firepower, weapons, and now they want to see if Cam can perform better, particularly in the passing game, right? He was very effective in the run game last year and what he was able to accomplish on the ground, and this is going to be a run-first team. There's no doubt about that. But now what they want to see is the continued success in the pass game, and by doing that and marrying those two together with an effective run game, they can be really, really dynamic. But Cam's going to get the first nod no matter what, whether or not, you know, Mac goes out there and has three practices and they're all good practices. I still think that they'll start the season off with Cam Newton at quarterback. Rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars looked shaky in New Orleans last night on Monday Night Football. To be expected, Lawrence is a rookie and the Jaguars are a rebuilding project, but that offensive line left a lot to be desired. When you have a big investment in a rookie quarterback like Lawrence, you want to make sure he's protected and has an opportunity to avoid the fate that befell Joe Burrow last season in Cincinnati. How troublesome is the offensive situation in Jacksonville right now, in your opinion? Well, it's very difficult. Anytime you have a rookie quarterback, the first thing you want to do is protect them, and Jacksonville's not in a position right now where they've got a great unit up front, and therefore that puts a lot on Trevor Lawrence. And while he is incredibly talented from a physical standpoint he's obviously got to grow within that system learn schottenheimer system and everything else that's going on 
but at the same time, he's it's hard, and you saw it even last night, where he's trying to make plays outside the pocket and force plays down the field just to get something going, and that is the double-edged sword, you know, and it'll it'll come up, and sometimes you'll make those plays, but the other side of it is a lot of times, especially in this league, it results in a bad play or a turnover, and we saw two possible turnovers last night that didn't didn't happen, but guys had their hands on the ball, and that's just a product of him you know, trying to make something happen in which he's it's come so easily for him in the college game, but he's going to have to be so much more diligent. And this is going to be a challenging year for him, particularly if that protection doesn't hold up. They're going to have to come up with ways to protect him, whether it's the screen game, whether it's the pocket movement, um, changing the, the launching point uh, on these play actions, passes, and, and just somehow facilitate an offense in which you're protecting him, but not holding him back. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Some things have been low on our to-do list, but life insurance can no longer be one of them. If you're like me, you need to protect your family. You need SelectQuote. SelectQuote has been helping families for over 35 years. Get your free quote at SelectQuote.com, SelectQuote.com. Matt Castle, former NFL quarterback and NBC Sports NFL analyst, joining us here on Greeny. Matt Nagy in Chicago today confirmed that Justin Fields will be the starter for the final preseason game of this of the month. And the reason for that is because Andy Dalton's going to be the week one starter against the Rams. So he really hasn't changed any of his discourse on this, but it kind of feels like he's left the door open in the last couple of days with some of the comments that he made about, you know, we want to see this from Dalton or we want to see what he does during the regular season. How do you think they need to approach this if Justin Fields has an absolutely incredible performance in this preseason finale, we, preseason finale, we finally see him go against the ones. Do you think anything at this point changes course for the, the direction that they're planning to go right now with Dalton as the week one starter? I don't believe so. And the reason is, is because from day one, when Dalton walked in that building, Matt Nagy was like, this guy's going to be our starter. And he hasn't really deviated from that. And so they have a plan and they've, whether that plan is to play Justin early at some point, but right now, as he said all along, coach Nagy, he said, look, we're playing Andy Dalton and we're going to see how he does and how he can operate within this offense. And if we need to make a change, then obviously they're willing to do that. They saw it last year in the carousel that they went with Mitch Trubisky to Nick Foles back to Mitch. And so I don't think that they're going to hesitate if there's a lot of, you know, discourse and they're, they're struggling and they can't get on track offensively for them to turn to Justin Fields, you know, very early in the season and let him go. Cause obviously you know, within that city and all the griping that's taking place with the the fans. And while we want to say that that doesn't impact coaches, it doesn't impact players and you try to block it out, but it does impact ownership. And ownership understands, like, look, they've got an ear to that thing. And as much as they say that they don't care that they're going to let them run the program, something's to be said that, look, the fans want to see Justin Fields. There's a reason why we drafted him where we, we did. And we also think that he's he's our future. So, Sooner or later, I do believe that Justin Fields is going to be on the on the field. It's just a matter of whether or not Andy Dalton can continuously perform week in and week out and not go through those huge ebbs and flows. Similar situation in San Francisco where rookie quarterback Trey Lance is trying to usurp Jimmy Garoppolo for the starting job. Lance has got a lot of people excited with his ceiling, but he's played very little football over the last two seasons, Matt. And this is the National Football League, the pace at which is going to pick up dramatically have you seen enough from Lance to think that he'd be ready to take over now, or is Shanahan making the right decision riding with Garoppolo early in the year? 
I think Shanahan's making the right decision riding with Garoppolo early in the year. Look, when Garoppolo is healthy, the guy's 24 and 8 as a starter. He's he's a guy that's very underestimated as a quarterback, in my opinion. But at the same time, his biggest issue throughout his career so far has been his durability. He's missed two out of the last three seasons, uh, long periods, long stretches because of injury. And so, if he, But if he does stay healthy, he's a guy that took this team just two years ago to the Super Bowl. So he, he knows the system. He's comfortable within the system. And when he plays at a high level and he's not banged up, he's a guy that has obviously proven that he's a winner. Now, with Trey Lance, there's a lot to be excited about. And when you look at this draft class, particularly the first-rounders of the QBs, I mean, he's probably got the highest ceiling. We've all seen the physical attributes, his ability to throw the football. I mean, he, he's special, and he's got special arm talent. But as you just alluded to, he hasn't played a ton of football and he's really played only one full season of college football and he's got a lot to learn. And you can also see that when he's on the field at times of the double clutch on the interception, the hesitation to throw that ball, or there's just going to be situational football too. the growth that takes place from year one to year two, as you see it and you actually get to absorb it on the sideline and understand the professional game, especially as the speed of the game picks up as you get in the season, it'll be pivotal from a learning standpoint and not to say that he couldn't do it. And coach Shanahan's one of the best coach offensive minds in our game. At the same time, I think Garoppolo right now with the success that he's had gives them the best opportunity to be, to be competitive within that NFC West, which is one of the most competitive um, conferences in all of uh, the NFL football. Matt, real quick before I let you go, we've talked so much about rookie quarterbacks. Well, there's five of them, and they take all the storylines in the preseason. But which other <laughs> rookie offensive, defensive player, you take it wherever you want to go. Which other first-round rookie are you most excited about coming out of this preseason? You know, oh, gosh. You guys were talking all about – football quarterback so I'm going to just stick with Zach Wilson I'm excited to see this kid play I mean I'm just going to stay with the quarterback situation because I mean he's a guy that I'm excited about because of just he's got this calmness about him his savviness and how he goes about it and also he reminds me a little bit his swagger of like that Aaron Rodgers but at the same time when you watch him play he doesn't look like a rookie, and it'll be fun to watch him and see how much he can produce because obviously the Jets are a team that's rebuilding. They're in another tough conference in the AFC East in the competitive nature with the Bills being where they're at and also the moves that New England made this year. Miami's up and coming, but the Jets are a team now that they've got this quarterback that everybody's going to have a microscope on and watch and see how he can perform within this offense so i'm excited to watch him play but that that's really because we're on quarterbacks i figured i'll just keep the conversation right there when it comes to who i'm excited to watch play that's fair it always sells and uh it's always an interesting thing to talk about there he is that's matt castle former nfl quarterback and current nbc sports nfl analyst matt thanks so much for the time appreciate it thank you guys have a great day Football is almost here. There's no better place to get in on the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. As the season is quickly approaching, DraftKings is your one-stop shop to make it rain all season long. To bring you even closer to the action, DraftKings is giving all new players a free shot 
at a million dollars during week one. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, preseason is the perfect time to test your strategy. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a huge cash prize. Download the DraftKings app now and use code GREENY, G-R-E-E-N-Y, for a limited time. New players can get a free shot at a million dollars during week one. Don't miss out on the action. Enter code GREENY to get a free shot at a million dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code GREENY, if I haven't said it enough, only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So when Matt was talking, Joe, Joe Fortenbach, Courtney Cronin here in Greeny, um, when he's talking about Trevor Lawrence, I kept thinking back to like worst case scenario, best case scenario for the overall number one pick that is going to be the future at, of the quarterback position down in Jacksonville. So the best case scenario is that he's going, I mean, we know he's going to win this job. So that's, that's out of the way. The Jaguars need to establish consistent running game. And Trevor Lawrence needs to adjust to the speed of the pro game. Probably the the only thing that would mirror that would be the way that Justin Herbert did last season. The worst case scenario is that this O-line is going to struggle, and it has. Um, and it's going to put too much of a, of a load on the passing attack. And then Trevor Lawrence would struggle to adjust with consistent pressure, leading to turnovers. He still can make those plays that make you go, wow. I mean, that scramble last night, uh, I think it was like a third and eight situation, was the only one that I could really take away and say, okay, that's probably the best play that he had with his legs. But the team's going to fail to consistently win games. It feels like when we look at Trevor Lawrence and the situation down in Jacksonville, that they're probably teetering closer to the worst-case scenario than the best-case scenario, even with the depth that they have at that running back position. You know, it's not just that. And those are all excellent points because you've got to be able to protect the franchise quarterback in order to avoid the situation that befell Cincinnati last year with Joe Burrow and Indianapolis with Andrew Luck when Andrew Luck was just taking a beating on a regular basis because former general manager Ryan Grigson didn't surround him with any talent on the offensive line. Dan Orlovsky had a great tweet this morning highlighting the importance of the play caller, the offensive mind around some of these young quarterbacks. Trey Lance in San Francisco has Kyle Shanahan. That's a great spot to be. Mac Jones has Josh McDaniels in New England. That's a great spot to be. Zach Wilson, who we just talked about with Matt Castle, has Mike LaFleur, the younger brother of Matt LaFleur, who's the head coach of the Packers. But Mike LaFleur was the offensive passing game coordinator in San Francisco under Kyle Shanahan. Those are young quarterbacks that are going to be working with very bright, very established offensive minds who are going to put them in a position to succeed. Then you take a look at what's going on in Jacksonville with Daryl Bevel, who's the offensive coordinator who's been around a long time. Now, this is the guy Urban Meyer hired to come in and coach up his rookie franchise quarterback. Bevel spent a series of years, I believe seven, as the offensive coordinator in Seattle, all but one of which was with Russell Wilson as his quarterback. 2011, Wilson hadn't been drafted yet. In Bevel's last four seasons with the Seahawks, Russell Wilson had a quarterback rating over 100 just one time. Just one time in four seasons. Bevel left, and Russell Wilson had a quarterback rating of 105 or higher in each of the next three seasons. He flourished when Bevel left. This is an offense that in 2012 in Seattle ranked 17th. When he left in 2017, they ranked 15th. They were never 
outside of a couple years threatening inside the top 10 as an offense. And that's with Russell Wilson, a Hall of Famer at quarterback. Bevel spent his last two years calling plays in Detroit for the Lions, where they rank 17th and 20th in total offense. The bottom line, it's not necessarily that I'm trying to bash this guy, that I'm trying to highlight the fact that he's terrible at what he does because he's not. He's been around a long time. But is he the right guy for a young quarterback in the year 2021? Because that's who Urban Meyer picked. And when you look at some of the other quarterback minds that are going to be working with these rookie quarterbacks and you look at Bevel's track record, you got to wonder, is this the right guy calling the right plays with the right system for the right quarterback? And if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm looking at that offensive line and I'm starting to wonder, am I going to be put in a situation where I can succeed? Or are we going to spend a few years here trying to figure this out before we take the first step forward? Well, it feels like the latter, right? I mean, they've got draft picks for the next few years, and they're going to have to continue to build out that offensive line because this unit isn't cutting it. It's not like they're brand new in a brand new system. Yeah, it's a new system in a way because Urban Meyer's there, but this is a unit that's been together, and they're not being asked to do all that much all that, all that much different than what they were being tasked with last year when they go 1-15. So, I mean – I see this situation, and we talked about this. I, I made this point earlier that an Urban Meyer offense is one that's going to move the quarterback by design. You're fortunate that you have a Trevor Lawrence, and even behind him, you have a Gardner Minshew, who they're not going to be in this situation where they're standing back there, stationary quarterbacks behind a line with leaky pass protection. Like they're in at least a good spot that they can move around, but you're going to be running for your life at this point. Like that's the thing that's like really alarming to me that you don't have a situation in an offense that can roll you away from, or, you know, a scheme that's going to roll you away from pressure. You're going to be relying on that every single play, play actioning yourself to death just to be able to, you know, kind of, work around some of your issues in pass protection? I don't know. I think that this is a situation where worst-case scenario is probably going to be Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Jaguars. We've got to get out of here. This was Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Barton Hahn up next.